It is Friday, December 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. On DraftSharks.com, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games and GPP lineups. I will add some showdown notes for the Sunday night and Monday night games. If you're not a DS Insider but you'd like to check out Jared's picks as well as the Lineup Builder tool and all the rest of the DS Insider stuff, we've got an opportunity for you to do that. All you need to do is give our show a rating and a review in iTunes, screenshot that sucker, email us at info at draftsharks.com. Do that, we'll hook you up with DS Insider Access through the rest of the season and the NFL playoffs. Rate, review, review, email info at draftsharks.com, we'll hook you up. You want to be a heartless drifting freeloader the rest of the time, you'll still be able to check out the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in round 14 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. And Jared, I made the regrettable error of playing Ronald Jones here last week. That plus Jamison Crowder's garbage game left me with absolutely no chance. And for you, the second straight victory made it nine for the season, locking in the season-long win. So congrats. Yeah, thank you. I, I want to know how you ended up playing Kyle Allen because it, it worked out for you, but he's <laughs> not someone that was on my radar at all last week on DraftKings. I just came to him. You know, I was looking in the 5K range, and he was somebody that I felt more comfortable with than others in the 5K range. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it worked out. It wasn't on my radar. It's only because you hate Kyle Allen in general. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> Any other takeaways from your lineup? No, I mean, we both played Tyler Higby, which, you know, ho- hopefully, I, I don't think we talked about him. I mean, we might have talked about him on last week's podcast, but, you know, we didn't know that Everett was going to be out at that point. Um, so I think once Everett was ruled out, Higby at the minimum price, 2500 against the Cardinals, sort of became a must play. Yeah, and of course, our DFS shows didn't make it online last week because we were having recording That's issues right. on That's the holiday. Right. So, I, yeah, he, he certainly became like a fairly obvious play at that point. I don't know if everybody had him, but he, he was widely used and certainly a key to both of our lineups. We'll both be back at it for week 14. We'll show you Saturday morning who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, Jared, start us off by revealing your cash pick at QB. Yeah, I'm going to start at Ryan Tannehill at 5800 bucks, and I do think there are some other options. Like, I would like to get up to Deshaun Watson at 6500 Jameis Winston at 6400 I even think Derek Carr way down at 5000 is an option, but Tannehill's where I'm going to start. I'm going to build, you know, build from there. Um, you know, they got, the guy's just been awesome since taking over. Um, 23.1 DraftKings points per game since Week 7. Only three quarterbacks on the main slate, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, are averaging more than 23.1 DraftKings points per game this season. And it's just a, it's another good matchup for Ryan Tannehill against the Raiders. They're 28th in Football Outsiders' past defense rankings, um, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So I do think Tannehill you know, is probably going to cool off at some point, but I sort of don't think it's going to be this week against Oakland. Yeah, I like Tannehill. I'll also give a look to the guy on the other side of the other sideline in that game, Derek Carr, at $5,000. Normally, it probably wouldn't consider Derek Carr, but 5000 bucks makes him really the cheapest guy worth considering this week. And it's a good matchup for passing 
on both sides. Tennessee's decent overall in defense, but much weaker in coverage than against the run, and really nothing scary in coverage. I, th- I think it's a better spot overall for him than it is for Andy Dalton at 5,200 at Cleveland or for $5,400 Gardner Minshew facing the Chargers at home this week. Yeah, and for Carr, um, you know, Titans cornerback Malcolm Butler is on IR. Um, Adoree Jackson uh, seems iffy for this game, too, you know, as their, you know, now number one corner. Um, and then we'll have to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs, too. You know, he's dealing with the shoulder injury, and he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. If he's out, I actually think that helps Carr. Just, you know, it increases his volume projection. So I definitely think for 5000 bucks, Carr is an option for cash. Watch out, baby. Here comes my Kyle Allen for this week. <laughs> nice. Tournament side, who you got? Baker Mayfield, um, sixty three hundred bucks. So he's not cheap, but I sort of like. I think it'll keep people away from him, and you know, we know he's been disappointing almost all season. But the one bottom ten quarterback defense that Baker faced this season was the Dolphins, and in that game, he scored twenty seven point eight DraftKings points. Now he gets his second bottom ten quarterback defense of the season in the Bengals. Um, they're twenty fourth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. 31st in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. So I think Baker has, you know, that type of upside that he showed against Miami in this game. Um, I think you can stack him up with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Um, they're 6,500 and 6,300 bucks respectively. I think they're both pretty good values. Um, and you can do, you know, quite a bit with your lineup, um, even you know with those three guys in there. Jared, if you were a dog and you trotted into the house with the Baker Mayfield pick in your mouth, I would bop you on the nose and tell you to drop it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, no QB is at 10% in projected own rate for DraftKings for the weekend right now, according to FanShare. So I think that you choose whomever you want besides Baker Mayfield here. My favorite stacks at the moment, Jameis Winston and Chris Godwin. Of course, they're a little expensive, and it's tougher to fit that on DraftKings. But, you know, that's what's going to keep it down as well. Aaron Rodgers, who is surprisingly low-owned in the in their projection so far, and Devontae Adams, who is not low, but not as high as I think he should be. Um, I think Devontae Adams should be near the top. So again, that's expensive, but you know you can make concessions elsewhere to fit it. And really, both sides of the Carolina-Atlanta game are under 3% at quarterback. Kyle Allen, more attractive, I think, than Matt Ryan for $900 savings and a lead wide receiver who is not coming into this game off an injury. I'll give you Kyle Allen more attractive than, than Matt Ryan, um, but I don't know, 5,700 Kyle Allen, he's, he's not cheap enough for me. <laughs> All right. We'll see how he works this week. But yeah, I think there are lots of options available. Those are the stacks I'm looking at right now. Yep. Yeah, I would add um, both sides of the Dolphins Jets game, mm-hmm. um, Darnell and Fitzpatrick. I think that game has sneaky shootout potential. Yeah. And although they're more popular, again, everybody's under 10%, so definitely not popular enough to sway me away yep. from them. So I agree with that. Running back, who do you like for cash? Uh, Melvin Gordon for me, 6400 bucks. Um, it's just this Jags matchup. You know, we, we just uh, you, had, you had Ronald Jones in your lineup. You, you just picked the wrong Bucks running back. <laughs> Peyton Barber scored 18.4 DraftKings points against Jacksonville. The Jags allowing 5.3 yards per carry to running backs on the season, 6.1 yards per carry. Over the last four games, they're they're 31st in football outsiders run defense rankings. They just lost Miles Jack to IR, so that that's not going to help the situation. Melvin Gordon has sort of reemerged as the workhorse running back for the Chargers, 20 plus carries in three of his last four games. So if he can get that type of volume um, at this price in the matchup, I think he's a strong cash play. I thought I liked Bruce Arians coming into the season, but now I just hope he gets consumed by that stupid hat of his. <laughs> I, I totally agree with Melvin Gordon for all the reasons that you mentioned. Alvin Kamara, I also want to mention, he's down to eighth among running backs on the main slate 
in price this week. 7000 bucks is easily his lowest salary of the season. It's down $1,100 from where he was last week. The Niners are good on defense overall, obviously, but they're also much stronger in pass D than they are against the run. And even if he can't get going on the ground this week, Alvin Kamara is going to be a key pass game target. He's seen eight plus targets in five straight games surrounding the injury that cost him multiple games here. So he's going to get the ball a lot, whether on the ground, through the air. He's a safe bet. And obviously Alvin Kamara always brings ceiling with him. Yeah, he's the guy I'm honestly struggling with in cash games. I'm definitely going to play Kamara in tournaments. Uh, I just don't know if I want to play a running back in that matchup in cash. When I just think there's there's other spots you can go this week. Make sure that you don't play him in the Crown is Ass Challenge because that's a bad place to play him. I, I will not play him in the Crown is Ass Challenge. All right. Who are you playing on tournament side? Uh, I'm going Sonny Michelle here. Um, and you know Ooh. he's obviously not a DraftKings type of running back, but I I, I think in, in, obviously we're not playing him in cash games, but in tournaments, um, 5600 bucks. I think he makes some sense. But Michelle in the two games against the Chiefs last year had 106 yards and two touchdowns in the first, 113 yards and two touchdowns in the second. So that, that's 25 and 26 DraftKings points. You know that that that's good enough to win you a tournament. And you have, you're obviously counting on, you know, multiple touchdowns in both those games. But even even if you can get over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, I think you know that that's enough for tournaments. Um and, and I do expect the Pats to go with another run heavy game on Sunday and feature Michelle on the ground. Man, you're all in on Sony Michelle this weekend, aren't you? I am. On the tournament side, I like Devin Singletary at his $5,700 salary. Baltimore has quietly been an upside rushing matchup. They are down to 25th in football outsiders run defense DVOA. They allowed the big numbers to Raheem Mostert last week. They previously allowed Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson to combine for 105 and a touchdown on 15 carries. Joe Mixon went for 114 on 30 carries. Nick Chubb had a monster game against them in week four. Lots of other opponents have seen limited rushing volume because Baltimore is beating up most of their opponents so bad. Maybe that happens this week, but even if Buffalo falls behind in this one, Devin Singletary is not only the lead ball carrier for Buffalo, he's also their receiving back. So he's not going to be shut out of the game plan even if Baltimore jumps out to a lead. And if they don't, if this game remains, you know, not lopsided, Devin Singletary has seen a lot of opportunities in the past five games. 24, 14, 16, 23, 18 in those five games. That's since the loss at home to the Eagles where he didn't get the ball nearly enough. In those past five weeks, only five running backs have seen more total opportunities than Devin Singletary so again, he'll be involved either way. And I think the final piece in this is Devin Singletary is projected for 2% ownership right now. So we've got touches, we've got matchup, and we've got low own rate here for Singletary. And my only concern with Singletary is that he doesn't get the goal line work. And they're still using Frank Gore there. Josh Allen steals a lot of rushing touchdowns. Singletary, just two rushing scores on the season. So that'd be my concern with like his ultimate ceiling for a tournament. Um, but other than that, I think I think everything makes sense. Two gives him more than Devontae Freeman for the season. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> All right, wide receiver for cash, what are you playing? Julian Edelman for me, and it, it's more than I usually like paying for wide receivers in cash games, 7100 bucks. But uh, Edelman's now second in the NFL in targets uh, behind only Michael Thomas. 124 targets for, Ju- for Edelman. And he's seen 10-plus targets in seven straight games now. So I, I, I just like that volume for cash games, especially in the full PPR here on DraftKings. And, and, you know, the Chiefs are fourth in DK points allowed to wide receivers, but they've been much tougher against outside receivers. The Chiefs have actually allowed the seventh most fantasy points to slot receivers. Edelman's run 68% of his routes from the slot. 
this season. So I actually think it's a good individual matchup for him. Solid spot for him. I, if I can afford it, I'd like to get Devontae Adams at 8000 bucks. I'm going to have to mess with the lineup building, though, to see if I can get up to that. Uh, you know, Obviously a safe option. The only question is um, whether he makes sense salary-wise. Jamison Crowder at 5300 bucks can help me fit him, I think. Uh, I feel comfy going back to him, even though he let me down last week. He had just two catches, but saw nine targets. I don't think that he and Sam Darnold are going to combine for nearly so bad a game against Miami this week as they did against Cincinnati last week. Last time that they played the Dolphins, Crowder went for eight catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. So I feel pretty safe with him. Yep, I like Crowder. He's definitely on my cash game radar. Tournament side, what you got? Will Fuller for me. Um, 5500 bucks. The guy scored 56.7 DraftKings points back in week five. So I'd say he has tournament winning upside. Um, you know, he, he's at home this weekend. The Texans have a big implied total. DeAndre Hopkins is likely going to get the Chris Harris shadow. So that's going to leave Fuller matched up with Isaac Yodum and Will Parks. Those guys rank 114th and 73rd among 133, 133 qualifying cornerbacks in Pro Football Focus's coverage grade, so it's it's a good individual matchup for Fuller. I wouldn't be surprised if he has another one of his boom weeks on Sunday. Mike Williams is my guy in the Will Fuller lane. I'm not going to play him widely, but I want to play him somewhere at 4,500 bucks. It's 400 cheaper than Curtis Samuel, and I think he's pretty similar in outlook to him. Both of them downfield guys. Both of them very volatile in terms of catch rate. Could be low target. Could be higher target depending on how game flow goes. I just I don't want the Mike Williams touchdowns to start without me, and I think that they could start anytime. I think they could start this week in Jacksonville. The defense overall is just sagging for the Jaguars. They remain stronger against the pass and the run, but they're middle of the league against the pass. AJ Bouye, who was their one of their high-priced corners, should be their lead corner, not grading out well, so he's not a worrisome guy in coverage. So I think there's tournament upside. Along the lines of what you said for Will Fuller for Mike Williams against Jacksonville. Yep, I like it. He is due for a touchdown. And Paris Campbell at 3200 bucks is a guy I feel like we should mention in this category before moving away from it. Has a shot to see his ownership climb. There's some buzz starting to happen with him, but he's still at just 6% ownership as of this recording on Fanshare. Five catches in each of his two starts this year. The only two games where he's really played starter-level uh, snaps. He had five receptions and three rushing attempts against Pittsburgh his last time out. If he returns this time, he's getting to a Colts team with no T.Y. Hilton, no um, Eric Ebron. There's there's even target upside beyond what he's already seen. Right, yeah, exactly. The, the, the two games Campbell has played without Hilton this season are the games where he saw eight targets and then the five targets and three carries. So he's been used when the Colts haven't had T.Y. Hilton, and the matchup's obviously ideal this week. And the salary's even more ideal. Yes, yes. Tight end, what you got? Um, Ian Thomas is your minimum price tight end this week to use in cash. I don't like him nearly as much as I liked Tyler Higby last week. You're not going to get you know 100 plus yards and a touchdown out of Ian Thomas, I don't think. But for the price, I think he's a pretty good Valium bet. Um, in the nine games that Greg Olson either missed or left early last season, Thomas averaged 5.3 targets, 3.9 catches, 35 yards per game, and that included 25 catches over his final five games. He sort of came on down the stretch, and even last week. Um, Olsen exited midway through the third quarter and Ian Thomas caught four balls the rest of the way. So um, again, I, I think he's a guy who, you know, should get four or five, six targets for 2,500 bucks. Yeah. I got no problem with him because of the price. Would you fade Ian Thomas at his double digit projected own rate in a tournament lineup? Definitely. Mm -hmm. On the cash side, I'm, I'm starting with Mike Jacecki at, at 4,000 bucks. 
he his price and his situation are going to keep me from going to Vance McDonald at 4300 in the matchup with the Cardinals this week. And if I were if I do have the money left over and I'm looking to go up, I would rather just go ahead further to 4600 and get Jack Doyle cuz I think he's a safer bet for targets than Vance McDonald uh, and uh, just like a better floor play as a player for Jacecki Six plus targets in five straight games. Six catches for 95 yards in the first meeting with the Jets. This time the Jets have no Jamal Adams. So, I mean, he's fairly safe as far as, you know, safety goes in this game. And there's ceiling in this matchup as well. I know. I'm not going to have any Vance McDonald this week. And it's it's scary. But um, like you said, I think Jasicki, Doyle, even Hunter Henry for, you know, just 800 bucks more than Vance mm-hmm. McDonald. I, I can't play Vance at that price. Yeah, I totally agree. On the tournament side, what you got? Uh, George Kittle for me, fifty nine hundred bucks. Um, it's actually his lowest price since week six, and I, it still doesn't look like he's going to be too highly owned. Obviously, a, a tough spot against the Saints in New Orleans, but the Saints are tougher against wide receivers than tight ends. Um, they're just fifteenth in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. They're twentieth in adjusted fancy points allowed to tight ends. So I think this is a spot where you could see a bunch of the passing game work funneled to George Kittle, and, and we all know the upside he has if he, if he gets volume. For me, it's the same range uh, that we talked about on the cash side from Jacecki at 4000 up to Jack Doyle at 4600 Didn't mention Kyle Rudolph yet at 4400 I think he's another reason not to go with Vance McDonald because, I mean, the outlook really is not all that different for him than it is yeah. for McDonald other than, you know, that the Cardinals have just been turning tight ends into superstars. If, if we had Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger this week, then Vance McDonald would probably be the play. He'd also probably be like 5500 at this <laughs> point in the season. But I think as it is, there's just too much around Vance McDonald that looks so much like him in terms of outlook this week to to play with him. And I think that that mid to low 4K range is just a a comfy place to stay in playing tight ends this week. Right, yeah. The Steelers have been extremely run heavy with Devlin Hodges under center last week. And there's a chance the Cardinals get out to a lead and force Pittsburgh to throw more but there's also a chance the Steelers just control that game and you know only throw it 20 times so that that's my concern with Vance McDonald on, on top of the price tag yeah I agree over at flex I, I really think that all these tight ends we've been talking about are worth considering here because of the prices you know in the 40 to 46k range you're not going to find similar either floor or ceiling at running back or wide receiver at least not you know like four options who can give you those kinds of numbers yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always playing a running back in uh, at the flex spot in cash, though. Um, Devontae Freeman, I think, makes a lot of sense this week at 5400 bucks. Returned to a clear lead role last week in that game against the Saints on Thanksgiving night and then gets the Panthers' run defense, who have been bad all year. Then they lose down Terry Poe before last week's game, and they give up like 250 rushing yards to the Redskins. So mm-hmm. you can't ask for a better matchup for Freeman this week. Yeah, so wonderful spot for him. I would play him in cash. On the on the GPP side, though, I would fade Freeman at his likely very high own rate, probably going to lead the position, I think, in own rate, and turn mm-hmm. instead to Mark Ingram or Joe Mixon. Both of them projected for less than 6% ownership. Uh, both of them in a similar salary range. They're like... Four and 500, I think, respectively above uh, Devontae Freeman, so not a big leap. And I think both of them come with just as much upside as Freeman does because the matchup's not as good for them, but it's positive for both of them. And they are both, I think, much better players than Freeman at this stage. Yeah, I'm with you on um, fading Freeman in tournaments. I like, um, again, Sony Michelle as a pivot who's, I think, 200 bucks more than I'm with you on Joe Mixon at 5,800 bucks. Um, set season highs. 
last week in snap rate and route rate. Um, ran a route on 55% of Dalton's dropbacks, saw four targets in that game, also had 19 carries. So his usage is, is you know, trending up. So um, I think at that price tag, he makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Defense, who are you playing? I like the Colts as my cheap defense this week, um, 2400 bucks. So the the Bucks have turned it over at least once in seven straight games. They've turned it over three plus times in four of those seven games, and the Bucks have also allowed the seventh most sacks this season. So you know it's just been a great matchup for defenses all season. Colts are playing well on defense too lately. Um, they're they're 14th on the season in Football Outsiders defensive DVOA, but they're also ninth in weighted DVOA, which puts more emphasis on recent performance. So they're, they're trending up. I would normally agree with you, but in this case, I think that you've got the wrong defense from that game because on the other side, we have the home team at $100 less in salary, and it's a defense that's been trending upward in Tampa Bay. I've talked them up at, you know, everywhere at this point. I talked them up in my Wednesday Stream Roots article on the Thursday preview podcast. They're in the FanDuel podcast for this week as well. They're they, 11 sacks. Six takeaways over the past two weeks. The PFF grades point to them trending upward in coverage. The Football Outsiders numbers have them trending up as well. They're now ninth in overall defensive DVOA. So it's not like the Falcons coming out of the bye where they had these two fluke games. It's a defense that's genuinely playing better. I'm not saying it's a good defense, but it's a trending upward defense. And they're at home for a good matchup here against the Colts, who have been allowing more sacks lately. They've been turning the ball over more lately. They run the ball better than they throw the ball, and that's not the way to go against these Buccaneers this year. So I think Indy is a poor matchup for where you can beat the Bucks this week. I think there's a nice floor, a nice ceiling, and a great price. Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll just settle the uh, Bucks defense debate in the uh, DraftKings arena here. That's right, how it should be settled. Any yeah. other defenses you want to mention? Um, the Texans for tournaments, um, you know, big home favorites against Drew Locke making his first career road start. I think there's a lot of upside to Houston at 3300 bucks. Can't argue with that. And that's going to do it for this week 14 edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week 14 rankings. Mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who we're playing against each other in the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 